Want more of the Josh Scanlon podcast? Please. Please. Here you go. The Josh Scanlon podcast starts right now. All right, my friends, had a great conversation with a CPA and JD named Mark Kohler. Uh, the other day that uh, we'll share with you here later on today on the on this episode. I think you'll get a lot out of it. Uh, Mark's a very excitable guy. When I say excitable, I mean he loves tax planning and estate planning. and It just comes through, and I love it, man. Uh, he's got a wonderful YouTube channel, Mark with a K, uh, Mark J. Kohler. All right, uh, if you go on there, he's got uh, almost 30,000 subscribers. I think he has over 150 videos. He does a podcast, and to be honest, I can't remember where the podcast was. I'll have to find it. I'll put a link in the show notes. But, uh, uh, man, just a ton, a ton of wonderful information uh, Mark uh, shares with us. Uh, just his love of HSAs, actually. I, I tell you what, he enlightened me on the value of HSAs, health savings accounts, and, uh, and how they can be incredibly tax beneficial to you. I think he talked about health reimbursement accounts or reimbursement arrangements uh, for non-self-employed people. What else we talked about? Uh, we talked talked a little bit about state planning, not as much as I would have liked, but uh, uh, we did talk some community property state versus common law. Again, not as much as I would have liked because I do like that aspect of estate planning, I think is way overlooked. I uh, talked about living trust, uh, but just tons of tax planning, uh, being a, 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 you know, having a side hustle. And I tell you, man, I, I just could not agree with that more, just having some kind of side hustle. I know that sounds very cliched anymore, side hustle. Everyone wants to have a hustle. Uh, but he, the way Mark positioned it, I tell you, man, it was just flipping awesome. He's like, look, because I asked him, I said, the problem they have with the W-2 employees, there's nothing they can write off. I mean, if you make the income, you pay tax on it. And he said, exactly. That's one of the things you need to have your side business, whatever it is, VRBO, uh, Uber. But you can you can write off a lot of stuff legitimately now. He's not telling you to be fake. Uh, when you start doing that, simply because you have a business you're trying to operate as a profit. Now, it can't be a hobby. All right. Uh, but, you know, YouTube channel, you name it. And uh, just something is do something that way. You can always not just use it as an entity to write stuff off because the IRS will catch on you like that. Uh, but also uh, to maybe create a, another line of income. And Mark was saying, like, you know, 20,000 bucks might not like seem much if you're making one hundred thousand uh, dollars, you know, as in a W-2 employee. But twenty thousand dollars year over year might be, you know, that could grow to a nice little sec- secondary form of income once you're tired, especially if you don't get a pension, especially if it's something you love to do. So I think you'll get a lot out of this episode. Uh, my only issue is I like Mark a lot. I would highly, highly recommend folks uh, contact Mark for estate and tax planning. I, I just, I tell you, um, <laughs> I think a lot of ta- I was watching my man Dustin over at Jazz Wealth the other day uh, talk about the CPAs. Uh, one uh, fired him because you know basically doesn't said, look, I want to be kept in the loop. I'm going to pay you double what your going rate is, but I want to make sure we don't miss anything. And uh, the lady who had done his taxes for a couple of years, I think just didn't want uh, to have to be held. I don't want to say held accountable. It's, way, it's not what I'm trying to say, but I think just want to kind of come and do the work and lose and go home essentially. And again, I'm Dustin didn't say that. This is my recollection. Um, I didn't get the impression Mark and his firm like that at all. In fact, it was interesting. Mark said he the busiest time of year for his tax firm is in December and November. I, I tell you, man, that's probably a great question to ask a CPA. When's your busiest time of year? Because if their busiest time of year is in March and April, that means they're reacting. No time to be proactive if you're reacting. And if Mark's team is busy in December, that means they're being proactive, saying, what can we do now to make sure when we go file this sucker come April, uh, we took advantage of everything that's available to us? I I, I just, uh, I love it. I love it. Mark's got a couple of books. I'll put links in the show notes. He got a course on how to start a business. Uh, the course is 99 bucks. But man, I'm telling you, look, I haven't done it. So I'm ignorant about it. But it just, it looks it looks like money well spent. I mean, he's got tons of webinars, tons of videos, t- obviously a book too, a workbook. Uh, he just published in October. And I use the example in the podcast about a guy who started a solar business. I just think if you're looking at starting a business uh, and you got a guy, look, I'm not a CPA. I'm not an attorney. I'm just a financial planner. That's it. And I'll say like, I'm you know disparaging myself, but that, you know, being an attorney and setting up business, that's not my line of work. I don't know how to do tax planning for businesses. Mark does. 
so I'm just sitting there thinking, buy this book for 99 bucks and figure out what you got to do. It just makes sense to me inherently. And all the time, I'll give you the kick in the butt. The one thing about YouTube that I don't what I don't want to say I don't like it. The one I love YouTube, love it, love it, love it, love podcasts. But because it's always free, there's no investment on your part other than the time. And that that's good, but it's also be bad because you might be stringing yourself along. And it might just take the kick in the pants to say, I'm going to pay 99 bucks to start this side hustle, whatever it is. I just bought uh, my man Kang Star, K-A-H, K-H-A-N-G-S-T-A-R-R. He does like a, a lot of aquaponics, hydroponics, a lot of growing. Uh, and I think he's in Houston or something like that. And uh, and he just, I watched a video of his uh, just yesterday, uh, building a raised bed garden without even have to, you know, use your you know, saws or anything like that. I said, man, that is so easy to put together. So let's just give an example. And I just literally got back from Home Depot. I bought 10 bucks worth of these, uh, these bricks where you're almost like Legos. You put these two by tens in and you got your raised bed garden right there. And so I'm going to build a raised bed garden. It's going to take you two minutes. You know, I'll probably do, I don't know. Anyway, I'll probably take me two minutes. But long story short, you got this raised bed garden. You start raising, and I'm going to do it in my shaded part of my of my yard. Yeah, it's somewhat shaded part, son. I start growing some uh, you know, Swiss chard, some kale, some lettuce. You know, I'm that kind of stuff that's more leafy, that doesn't need full sun. I mean, and then you know, I like it, that stuff, A. But B, what if you want to sell it? I mean, there's tons of people on YouTube that talk about the money they're making just selling just – garden variety vegetables that people want to buy without having to be shipped from California to Atlanta, Georgia. I don't know. So that's a side business. And so you watch my man, Kang Star, you go out and buy, you know, $10 worth of four bricks and you take these two, two by tens, probably cost four bucks each. You might want to, you know, two by 10 by 10. Yeah. You get three of them. You get three of them, cut one in half and the other two are your sides. That's a, I don't even know what's a five by 10. Was that a 50 square foot uh, plot right there? I think. Uh, for a, a raised bed, you know, build some soil in there. Watch my man, uh, I am organic New Jersey and how to build soil. And you start planting stuff. Uh, then you can't take that and you can go sell it to your neighbor. I mean, whatever you want to do, I don't know. But, uh, you know, they got a farmer's market here in Alpharetta. I don't know how it works. I follow a lot of guys on YouTube who say farmer's markets sometimes aren't as cracked up as they, all, as they seem to be. But I've had others tell me they made tons of money at farmer's markets. So anyway, it's just a side hustle, side whatever it is. But it's got to be something you like. It's got to be something you like. That's for sure. So anyway, my only my only issue, my man, Mark Kohler, and again, M-A-R-K-J-K-O-H-L-E-R, is that he said, as as is uh, everybody, uh, that healthcare causes over health expenses cause well over half bankruptcies in America, and it's just it's just not true. And I just it's a pet peeve of mine because the the fear mentality. And I'm, look, I'm not banging on Mark here. I'm just saying. The pervasiveness of the media leading us by fear uh, keeps us from starting that side hustle. Because what if, what if, you know, what if, you know, bankruptcies cause all these medical, uh, medical expenses cause all these bankruptcies. So I, I don't know if I should do something that I want to do because of bankruptcy. And yet it's simply not true. It's not true. <sighs> it's not true. And so if you're sitting on the sidelines saying I can't compete, I don't want to get in the game because I'm worried about bankruptcy because of medical expenses, which I don't have. I just invite you to, to think about that again and look at some studies that say, is that really the case? All right. So I listen to this, uh, listen to podcasts. I think you'll get a lot out of that. Again, uh, buy Mark stuff, man. He's got books, everything. Go subscribe to his YouTube channel. If you buy through my link, uh, I get paid the big bucks, big bucks, 4% commission from Amazon. So if you are going to buy his stuff, uh, do me a favor and buy through my link. But look, <laughs> At the end of the day, by you being here and listening, you are paying me, believe it or not. So I'm much obliged for you to be here. And uh, and I, I just want to say, Mark, thanks for coming on board of the podcast. And, uh, and any of you out there, if you got an idea for me that would be of interest to you to interview people about uh, whatever, I'm and I'm all game. Doesn't have to be financial related, as you can see by my other episodes. Um, I, I just I'm interested in interesting people. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks now. All right, folks, it is an absolute uh, privilege and. Pl- Introduce Mark Kohler uh, on uh, the Josh Gamlin podcast here today, and uh, and Mark, <laughs> I just I didn't know this, but Mark has a, a pretty elaborate practice of both law and accounting in the western part of the U.S. and uh, and as someone who is familiar with common law versus community property, it'd be interesting to dive into that because uh, I think that's a, a well a not very understood mechanism of a of a state and tax law too. So we're going to talk about that and just. 
all kinds of tax stuff. Can it get any funner, Mark, to talk about a tax and estate planning on a beautiful spring day? I, I just, man, people are going to get fired up to hear this stuff, that's for sure. So, welcome, Mark. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, we'll just go from there if that's okay. Oh, yes, sir. Thanks for having me. No, I love this. And if you're just tuning into the podcast, please don't uh, turn it off. Uh, at least hear maybe a few details of what we'll be talking about, because it, as, as I've discovered, so many Americans are starving for just practical, good, yeah. small business tax and legal advice. And uh, that makes sense. So we're going to have a yep. good time. I hope to give some insightful thoughts. And uh, I'm a CPA attorney, partner in a law and accounting firm, and written a few books and uh, speak around the country on my own podcast I've been doing for over 10 years. And we just have a lot of followers that are trying to live the American dream and make ends meet and just need a, a, a good, solid uh, advice on a uh, place they can go for advice for tax and legal. So, Josh, thanks for having me today. No, Absolutely. And folks, uh, Mark is M-A-R-K. Mark, I think I missed uh, typed M-A-R-C. So it's M-A-R-K-J Kohler, K-A-H-K-O-H-L-E-R on his YouTube channel. He's got almost 30,000 subscribers right now and over 100. Uh, you've uploaded over 100. It looks like 150 videos. Uh, so lots of wonderful information there on YouTube, too, and I'll put a link to the podcast as well. But Tell you what, Mark, before we get started, just tell us about your YouTube channel. What made you start that? Uh, what was the uh, the genesis, so to speak? Because that's, that's pretty cool to have that uh, that wide of an audience for sure. Oh, you bet. Thanks. Well, probably about 12, 13 years ago, it started by me catching the vision that I needed to brand myself a little bit more. We had a, a great law and accounting practice that we started 20 years ago, and we were starting to speak around the country. And and help, uh, again, people in all sorts of demographics and where, no matter where they lived in the U.S. And someone said, Mark, you need to write a book about this. I'm like, oh, all right, I'll try. And started, started writing a book. And then right. uh, my first book on asset protection and the truth and what's, what's the, all the scammers out there trying to set up in Nevada and who knows what. And so I um, started the book. And as soon as you write a book, then you're like, okay, now I've got to I got to get it out there and put it in bite-sized right. pieces. And we started the radio <laughs> show and uh, I thought, okay, now video is starting to explode. And so we started shooting a little video and it just kind of evolved quickly where now I try to kick out a new video a uh, couple, a couple of months, if not on insightful topics that are fun and easy. And, and then, uh, so yeah, so the YouTube channels just evolved that way. And we're trying to be, a, you know, anybody out there that is trying to make some money, we'd love you to subscribe to our our channel. I think you'd find it really helpful. So that, that's where it evolves. So good, good stuff. No, that's spot on. And uh, that's great. I, 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 it's, it's funny because folks, before uh, we start recording, Mark and I were just briefly chatting about uh, just getting information out there. People are just hungry for information without being uh, sold something. And, uh, you know, worst case scenario is you watch a YouTube video from me or one from Mark and you say, you know, that guy's a loser and never talk to us again. Uh, but best case scenario is that, hey, that guy gave me a lot of wonderful insight I never thought about. And, you know, at some point you might say, you know, I might want to look into hiring those guys or I, whatever you want to do. We, I, Frankly, it doesn't matter. It's completely contingent on your own needs. But the best thing about it is YouTube and podcasts, you get to figure out the information that you want. Uh, to listen or watch and then go from there. It's, it's wonderful. It's free. It's crazy, Mark, how this is. Uh, it's just the, the old days of using value line to analyze stocks and you know, having to go down to the library to read up on the, the latest changes in 1040. Uh, it just, it's, it's incredible how, how, how just remarkable we are in terms of information getting out there. I love it. I think it's, uh, I'm glad you're doing it, man. Um, so yeah. You did a video last week on the best unknown tax strategies that's uh, that's got my interest peaked and you had a pretty good amount of people who watched that too so uh if you don't mind obviously people need to watch the whole thing themselves but if you don't mind sharing us uh, some ideas on what the best unknown tax strategy is it'd be it'd be cool well you bet and and there's a lot people don't know you know you've probably heard you don't know what you don't know and and yep. so you start to dip your toe into this area and people are like man my cpa has never told me that yes. why not yep. and, and exactly. this and that yep. it's crazy so but that particular video was uh about the hsa uh, the health oh, savings right. account yeah. which a lot of people just don't they're like well i have a i have a flexible spending account at work or i have a right. health savings account at work no you don't you probably don't what most corporations have provide for their employees is what's called 
the cafeteria plan flexible spending account. And we've all heard that use it or lose it. And okay. this year is 2,700 bucks. Your employer can put it in there. You might even have a little deferred from your paycheck. And then you try to use it and turn in receipts before the end of the year and use it or lose it. Well, that's not a health savings account. A health savings account is like a supercharged IRA for healthcare. It's even better than a Roth IRA. And so if you have a high deductible plan, whether you're self-employed and you have your own healthcare plan that you pay for, or you've got one at work, select, and, and this is for those that are healthy. I've got an unhealthy plan that's amazing too. That's a part of that video. But the, but the healthy side of the equation is so many people are paying for insurance they don't even need. They're going to, yeah. they've, they, they've got insurance, but they don't use it. They're healthy. They're taking care of themselves. But you need the insurance if something really bad happens. We don't want to advocate people go without health insurance. The number one cause for bankruptcy in America last year was health care expenses. So we've got to have something to rely on if we get a, a bad diagnosis or an accident of some sort. But anyway, if you're generally healthy, get a high deductible, save on your premiums, and that allows you to fund a health savings account. And it's just an ex exactly, it's just like an IRA. It grows tax-free, it comes out tax-free, and you, it's not a lose-it plan. You can grow it from year to year. So that was the beginning of that video. Yeah, yeah, right on, man. It's, uh, HSAs are absolutely the redhead stepchild, unfortunately, in the, in the financial advisory, just because it's uh, not as sexy as a 401k, which builds up hundreds of thousands pretty quickly. But, man, that's uh, that's cool. So that that is a video Mark just did. Uh, last week, that's uh, if you go to his uh, YouTube channel as well, you can find that. And, and I get a lot of questions yeah. on HSAs too, Mark. It's become more and more prevalent, yeah. I've noticed. Yeah. Um, and let me add cool. to that, Josh, because a lot of people yeah. think it's not as sexy as the 401k because it, it doesn't grow as fast. No, it right. does. I've got clients with hundreds of thousands of dollars in their health <laughs> savings account. And you don't have to wait till you're 59 and a half. You can start yeah. pulling it out immediately. And the reason why is you can self-direct it. I own a rental property in my health savings account. All the rent goes into my HSA tax-free. I just paid for my daughter's braces the other day out of the LLC that holds my rental tax-free. I don't even file a tax return for my HSA because you can Man. go wholesale a property and make 50 grand. You can go buy Bitcoin. You can go buy gold, silver, real estate. Your HSA can be invested just like an IRA or 401k in what you know best. And that's why right. I call it the, the most unknown tax strategy because people just don't realize the power of self-insuring yourself and investing your HSA the way you want. And it's amazing, right. absolutely, hundreds of thousands of dollars you can build in a health savings account, just like a 401k, and you don't have to wait till you're older to pull it out. Anything for healthcare. So anyway, that's why it gets so exciting. And it grows tax-free. I mean, is that? Exactly. Hey, what? I actually had a question on this. It just, it just occurred to me. What happens at your death? What happens to your heirs? Do they inherit a tax-free, or is it uh, is there IRD in there? How does it, I don't I literally have no idea how they work if an you heir inherited. Well, so it's like a Roth; they inherit a tax-free. Yes and no. Okay, first it's like a okay. So the HSA is growing. You may use it. You may not. You build it up. You can pull right. it out for you, your spouse, or dependents. At age fifty-nine and a half, if you want to pull it out for retirement and non-healthcare reasons, is treated just like a regular IRA. You pay some taxes, yeah. not like a Roth, but if you pull right, it out for right. healthcare, it's like a Roth, tax-free. Right. If you die right. and you're married, the HSA goes into your spouse's name, just like an HSA. It is a, it's okay. that the HSA lives on for your spouse for healthcare for the rest of his or her life. If both okay. of you die or you're not married, then it goes to your children like a standard IRA. So then they okay. can take it and do... 72T distributions okay. or start taking okay. regular distributions. It's just amazing. Okay. But it's still, I mean, it's still taxable to them. Uh, they can't grow it to their own HSA, it sounds like. Like you could have Roth, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't have a, they have, they still have to take mandatory distributions out and everything, I guess, on an HSA. That's they right. It, okay. it gotcha. morphs yeah, morphs into an IRA, but for a spouse, it stays an HSA. Okay. But for your kids, it morphs into an IRA, which is still nice, still tax-deferred. No, they can still self-direct it and all that good stuff. Yeah. That's interesting. Cool. So that would – now, on an HSA, I'm just kind of thinking the back of my mind. If I'm – you know, I'm retired. I got you know minimal income because I chose to. I played the tax code right, so I have maximized Social Security. 
So I have, uh, you know, married filing jointly, got what, 27,000 standard deduction for over 64. And so now I'm saying my social security is tax free. I could actually pull money from my HSA. You know, obviously, even if I don't use it for healthcare, I got to pay taxes on that. But my income tax, because I get those big standard deductions, would be low to none. And I could still then, in terms of that, leave my Roth to my kids so they can inherit that tax free. That's uh, so HSA, all that does, it gives you, I mean, not all that does, but it gives you just another arrow for your quiver when it comes to tax planning and manipulating the tax code to your benefit. Um, I, I just, yeah, it, speak. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to have multiple buckets, you know, everybody. Exactly. You want to have, you're, you're building the Roth, you're building your Social Security, you're building your IRA, you're building your 401k, you're buying rental properties on the side. You've got all these little buckets. Well, one of the biggest costs people don't foresee when you turn 55, 65, 70, healthcare, that's it. People, yeah, yeah. medical expenses are going to be your number one cost. The number one reason why people take early distributions from a 401k is for healthcare. So why not build an HSA that has no penalties, no tax whatsoever to pay for healthcare? So it's just another bucket for a specific purpose. Yeah. And, exactly. uh, and you can, again, invest it however you see fit as you self-direct it. Um, you don't have to go through a standard bank or a standard broker dealer unless you choose to use Wall Street investments. You can use more uh, unique and uh, Main Street type investments. Did you use your HSA tax free for dental implants, or does it have to be uh, a medical doctor, not a uh, not a dentist? Any idea? You you bet. So if you want to know the list, and it is long, go to IRS okay. Pub Five Hundred Two. It's IRS publication okay. 502. It's, it's okay. a book. I mean, it's like 70 pages, and it tells you all the things that can come out for right. dental, good, good, good. eyes, chiropractic, acupuncture, massage therapy, um, prescription oh, drugs, okay. hospital visits, mileage to go to the hospital, overnight stays if you're at the hospital. Anything on that list in publication 502, it can even be used for a service animal. So if you have a dog or a kid that's, you know, that you need as part of your healthcare or your anxiety and it's a service animal, your HSA can pay for the dog too. So, I mean, you, it just covers so much. IRS Pub 502. And you don't have to be 59 and a half to take uh, qualified distributions? Yeah. No, I could be 25 years old, put money in my yeah. HSA. This year, you get a tax right. deduction to put in money too. So you get a tax yeah. deduction to put it in. It grows tax-free and it comes out tax-free and you can start tomorrow. So this year, the amount is uh, 3500 for a single individual, 7000 okay. for a married or head of household. And you get a deduction on the front page of your tax return, and your income doesn't matter. You can have, make no money or make money. You can be rich. There's no phase-out AGI problem. You get a tax deduction to put in. And if you're over age 55, you can put in an extra 1000 until you're age 65 between those 10 years. It's just crazy. When you say... Front page, does that mean above the line? Is that what you're saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Front oh, page of your 1040. Man. Above the line. I mean, this is a huge write-off. Now, love him or hate him, Donald Trump, not to be political here, but he even talked about the HSA in his last State of the Union address. when He's, he's saying, we have got to help fund this because yeah. people, medical expenses are going off the charts. And the insurance companies aren't generally a fan of HSAs because it takes them out of the equation. And so you want to get the insurance company out of the mix. When you go into a doctor or hospital and do cash pay, don't you get a discount? All the time. If you walk in somewhere and tell the doctor, I'm going to pay you cash, they're like, really? I don't have to wait two months to get reimbursed from Medicare or the insurance company? Yes, I'll give you a discount. And now you're negotiating for your health care. How novel is that? Take the insurance right, so, company out of the mix and pay cash. Yeah, right. Oh, man, that's uh, music to my ears. Um, all right, so yeah. with HSAs, again, you can use – so it's above-the-line deduction. You get a tax free for qualified distributions, which are a book, you know, the size of, I don't know, whatever, the Bible, you know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, yep. uh, it grows tax-free as well. Uh, yeah, I, I do think that qualifies for your mm-hmm. the best unknown tax strategy there is, your live stream you did the other day. That's nuts. And then you could choose on, you can put a Vanguard Index 500, you can do whatever you want with it. Like you said, you did uh, even different things than that as well uh, in terms of how to invest it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's crazy. And finally, I'll just say some people are going, well, I want one. How do I do it? 
So let's just yeah, talk practically. Right. Again, you have to have a high deductible insurance right. plan, okay. which is I think thirteen fifty deductible if you're single, about twenty five hundred to three thousand if you're married. And you may say, well, Mark, that's a high deductible. Well, again, this is for those of you that rarely go to right. the doctor anyway. Right, right, exactly. Crowd. exactly. So it it focuses you on being more healthy, not running to the emergency room for a sniffle, right. going to urgent care on Monday morning rather than the ER or during the weekend and running up big costs. So high deductible plan is what the government's trying to say. If, if you'll self-insure yourself and be more cost conscious and cut down on the salt and the sugar and all those things, we're going to reward you by letting you self-insure yourself. So look next time you enroll, bottom line people, when you enroll in your insurance this year, or you may even have one already, find out is this a high deductible plan and does it qualify me for an HSA? Then you can go anywhere. We go to directedira.com to set up a self-directed yep. HSA. You can go to a bank and just open up the account and start plopping money in, tax deduction, and invest it however you want. Pull it out and, oh, you know, for healthcare. You brokerage firms too, right? I mean, they custodian uh, yep. of HSA too. Okay, gotcha. So, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. When I hear back, I think CDs and stuff. Not you know, if you're if you're healthy and you're young, you want that sucker to grow so you can do it with yes. a more growth oriented. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's sweet, man. So that just going. I was reading an article the other day about some lady who says, uh, you know, dental implants are become more and more expensive for Medicare beneficiaries because it doesn't cover a lot. Of and I said, you know, I never even thought about that. You know, and given, you know, like 4500 bucks a tooth or something like that, I mean, you're talking a significant cost to you. So where's that money going to come from? Well, if you can get it from your HSA that you established 20 years ago and just, you know, I'm obviously not 20 years ago, but, you know, 20 years now, 20 years in the future. I mean, that, man, that would cover yep. everything tax free. You get a tax deduction on the front end, tax free on the back. I mean, what other, there's yep. no other account that does that. It's not. Exactly. Exactly. Now, now, let me throw out one other piece of this. And I, I what's funny is I get on a, a podcast like this, Josh, and it, uh, the conversations just evolve. And obviously, you didn't plan on talking about healthcare as much today, but it's so important. So, one other piece, yeah. if I may, for yeah, those people absolutely. that are unhealthy, those that yeah. are unhealthy, then we have what we use in our firm for our clients, and we've been doing it for 15 years, is the HRA. It's called a health reimbursement arrangement. Now, again, it's okay. not the use it or lose it plan. It's not the HSA. It's an HRA. So if you're a small business owner, now here's the requirement here. Is I, I'll just tell you what about any of you out there that own a small business on the side. Now, it's estimated now that one out of every three Americans that are working Americans today have a side gig. They're trying to make money on the web or a small service mm -hmm. business on the side because people got to yep. make ends meet. So for any of you that have a side gig, a little VRBO, Airbnb, you're driving Uber, whatever it is, that's a small business. Well, your business can give you an HRA plan. So now I can deduct my medical inside my business, which is far better than an itemized deduction. So like you said, Josh, you can take the standard deduction, which was off the chart this year, and in your small business, pay for your health care as a deduction. That's a little trickier, and I've got, you know, it's in my book. I've got a whole chapter on it. I call it Kohler Care. Not Obamacare. It's called Kohler Care. You'd love it. But, <laughs> but the HRA is for small business owners, and it's another piece of the equation. You can even add on top of an HSA for any of you out there that have a huge dental bill, eyes, uh, LASIK, maybe, um, uh, again, prescription drugs. Uh, who knows what you're going through with kidney dialysis or cancer. Right, right, You've got right. a lot of medical expenses. Let's write them off in your business. So that's another piece to the healthcare equation. And so being a business owner constitutes, you know, YouTube channel, VRBO, Uber driver, all that stuff. That's right. One of the best ways to live the American dream and to make some extra money and provide better retirement and lower taxes is to have a side business. I'm yeah, not telling absolutely. everybody quit your day job, but just have something on the side. Now yeah, I can write I off your cell phone your dining, your home office, your auto, legitimate expenses because you have a side business. Well, healthcare can be a, a part of that equation. And so there's so much to talk about when it comes to this side gig economy that's blown up in the last 10 years because people oh, realize I got to make Good. some extra yeah. money. Well, it's funny because uh, I get a lot of, uh, you know, Josh, I'm a W-2 employee. I'm making 150000 I plan to get a 
$50,000 bonus, uh, tax man's going to wallet me. What can I do? And I, nothing. I mean, it's really, if you, if you make it, you're going to pay tax on it unless you have some kind of 1099 entity. And I, you talk in one of your books about rental real estate as well. And I just wonder how many people are actually recognizing the, uh, the benefits, but not just a rental real estate, but that is a side business. You know what I'm saying? Is, uh, you're renting a yep. property, be it VRBO. And, uh, and I, and I hear that all the time, the W2 and, and I mean, not much a W2 employee can do, uh, just because, you know, this is what you get and you got to pay tax on it. Yes, absolutely. When I have, just like you said, uh, in your, in your experience where people are, uh, having a big W2, and they're right. looking for tax deductions, there's nowhere to go except right. Schedule C. Schedule C and Schedule E, that's C is in Charlie, E is in Echo, yeah. those are your schedules for a small business. And once you can open up that can of worms and say, okay, now I've got a side business, that yeah. money can generally be tax-free, which drives down your effective tax rate, and that money can be used for retirement, for tax-deductible contributions to an HSA, an IRA, a, a Roth, backdoor Roth IRA, we could go down that path. But this extra income that people are starving for is sitting right there in front of them. There's yeah. so many oh, great yeah. ways to make money on the internet, on YouTube, all these other little things. So exciting. That's, uh, that's man, it's fun. I, I actually, uh, uh, one of my things in my, my YouTube channel is to help people quit a crappy old job, and I'll probably, you know, trademark that at some point. Um, you know, obviously not just facetiously, but just literally if, if the job they're using, they're working, is killing them because it's uh, adding weight, adding stress and whatnot. And, uh, and they're doing that because they think they got to retire with a three million bucks, according to like Susie Orman. And you know, one of my things to quit your crap little job, but one of the benefits of uh, on top of the freedom and the liberation is that the, the tax code is much more lenient towards you. And rightly so, because you're taking a risk and to the risk, you get to write off a lot of the risk. And the and you just can't as a W-2 employee sitting in a commute. I live in Atlanta, Mark, and so you're sitting an hour and a half each way uh, while you're listening to podcasts. That that does no one any good, uh, especially when you could be out there doing something else. So I'm trying to encourage people, and I think a lot of people are too, and you know, stuff like what you're doing in your books and your podcast and YouTube channel says, look, it's out there for the taking, but a lot of people are just ignorant. They're not even afraid. They're just ignorant. That means they don't know. That doesn't mean it's not a, a nefarious word. It's just they just don't know. And so uh, hopefully with just more education, people can take the plunge and say, I can do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. On that, you know, for the last 20 years as a small business owner myself, as a yeah. CPA and attorney, meeting with clients just facing that same dilemma. In the last two years, I developed just another resource. I'm just throwing this out. This isn't an infomercial. Yeah. But I have a, a workbook called Eight Steps to Start or Grow Your Current Business. So if you're thinking of starting a small business on the side, one of the podcasts and articles you'll see out on Google uh, that I've written is don't quit your day job yet. You want to keep yeah. that stability yep. as you yep. kind of grow and germinate that small business on the side. So this little workbook is like 99 bucks on Amazon. It's got 60 plus videos, podcasts. You can hold your phone over the QR code and watch videos immediately. And you fill this workbook out and it spits out at the end a business plan, a marketing plan, a strategic plan to help you articulate and get that business launched. And I tell people to start with what they're passionate about. What gets yeah, you out absolutely. of bed on the weekend? Start a business doing what you love. If you hate the day job, think of some industry yeah. that you're yeah. somewhat interested in, and let's start that business there. So anyway, a little workbook out there, too, if you, oh. anybody that wants to look at it. I'm looking at it right now. You got eight uh, – yeah, it looks like you just published this. That's fantastic, Mark. So not, I mean, think about the way I look at it like this, Mark, is, you know, uh, 99 bucks. All right. I mean, that's not a Kindle Unlimited version, but <laughs> – I mean, think of all the other crap that's. I was talking to a lady in a, in Arizona uh, who paid some guy two thousand bucks for for some like I can't remember some on Facebook advertising course or something like that. And I said, man, that that bothered me because she didn't have the money yeah. uh, to do it. And uh, and so here's nine. And look, I'm not trying to sell your book. I literally people do whatever they want to do. I don't care. But for ninety nine bucks, to, as you're sitting in your corporate cubicle, you're like, you know, this guy Mark made sense to me. Uh, also, he's a JV, a CPA, and you know, obviously, the people watching or listening through my channel know who I am. Uh, maybe this would be the kick in the pants to get you driven to start something differently. And what I found, Mark, is that the free information is good, but until someone actually lays something down where they kind of give them the kick in the pants, like, look, I invested some money into this, 
uh, it's harder to get off the, you know, the, it's just hard to get off the mat if you don't have any investment into it. Let's just put it that way. So yeah. I'm looking at it right now. It looks like you just published this back in October. So uh, that's that's cool, man. And you say on this guide right here, uh, has audio podcasts available? I mean, it takes you the link for all your audio stuff too. That's uh, through the through the book. Or yeah, as you go through the eight. Yeah, it's kind of fun. We didn't plan on talking this either, about this either, people. So please know, this is unscripted, uncut. You know, this is yeah. fun. But yeah, the eight steps. Oh, yeah. Each one, each section has about oh ten to fifteen resources that are going to be videos, um, also great. webinars yeah. where I share my computer screen and podcasts. And then you're and I ask you insightful questions of building your team and finding your break-even point and your startup costs and then how are you going to market and give you, I think it's like 60 to 70 ideas on how to build a marketing plan. So you're not out there paying someone two grand for some Facebook plan. You, I give you some ideas to how to, you can implement your marketing on your own to just get some good grassroots marketing going and test your product, test your service. And uh, I have a lot of clients just buy it for their kids that are in college just trying to figure yeah. out what they're going to do when they graduate. And I've, I've got four kids and th four children, three in college, and I've required them all to graduate with no student debt and a small yep. business on the side. And I said, I don't care what your grades are, but I want you to have a small business on the side when you go out into yeah. corporate America, if you choose to. And, and all my kids are, they go in kicking and screaming, and then they text me every day. Hey, Dad, I'm doing this. What else should I do? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've created three clients that don't pay me. Yeah. But uh, anyway. <laughs> Helping them get How many, you said going. you have four kids, Mark, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, I got four kids, too, I tell you. My little, uh, we're, we're, keep, we're doing our best to keep Social Security solving. That's what I say. Uh, so we need more uh, four-kid families because Social Security is relying on, on your kids. All right, so in this book, <laughs> you got 49 videos, 12 webinar, webinars, eight live training sessions. Uh, actually, it's funny. I was reading the, as you were talking there, not that I wasn't listening to you, but you got a guy actually ironically named Josh, and he said, I've, start, I've since started and grown my own solar company uh, by reading your book. And the interesting thing is, Mark, is I know a lot of people. I'm on a couple uh, uh, prepper uh, Facebook communities, uh, and a lot of people think prepper means, you know, doomsday scenario. It's not. It's just, you know, the lights go out, the grid goes down, things like that, growing your own uh, gardening and stuff. And there's a lot of different, uh, you know, minimalist uh, resources that says, hey, if you grow your own food, you have your own electricity. Um, but there's, there's a lot of wonderful people who have knowledge in those areas and have an expertise and also have a passion for that. And here's this guy named Josh on your Amazon thing who says he started growing his own solar company because I guarantee this guy said, you know, I can do it myself. I wonder if I could take a business out of that. And I mean, <laughs> How how American dream is that? You know, how awesome is that, man? It is. It is. And I've got clients that start fishing businesses or hunting businesses yeah. or businesses on the web selling a product they love to build, crafting, um, carpentry. Um, and sometimes it's just as simple as saying, you know what? My family and I, we need a little extra money. We're going to go out yep. and start a cleaning business. And two nights yep. a week, we're going to clean buildings or, um, or start a little, get a little carpet cleaning van and hit it with my, my family. And, and that side business could make an extra twenty to $30,000 a year that makes all the difference in the world. You know, and it's just oh, so man. powerful. It, absolutely. No, I, man, it's awesome. I, I just, I, I love it. And I think as more and more people recognize the entrepreneurial bug, and that doesn't mean you got to be the next freaking Trump or something like that, and not Trump the president, but you right. know, we used to think of Trump as a businessman. just means you got to be, you know, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try something on the side, and, you know, YouTube podcast. I mean, I'm actually, I, start, I am starting to make a little bit of money on my podcast, which I can't believe, and it's nuts because I sit there and I, I did a video on this myself. I said, look, I got now four streams of income, YouTube, my podcast, my books, and, and then the Amazon affiliate stuff, and I, you know, I'm just some dude, literally, I'm sitting in my Patriots t-shirt now and some sweatpants. So after I get off the horn with you, I'll go work out. And it, you don't have to be in, you know, Monopoly top hat guy, you know, rich hoity-toity guy. It's, uh, it's, it's awesome. So I, I love it. Um, this is fantastic. So I'll put a link in the show notes here. And, of course, if folks buy it through my link, I get paid a fat 4% commission. So by all means, do so. But, again, this, look, folks, contact marker, I literally don't care. I mean, just watching the videos and stuff because the, the stuff is, Mark, I get tons of people. I got a guy who's nuclear engineer on my YouTube channel, and uh, and he, you know, he's basically he's getting. I don't, I don't think he said he's getting phased out. Maybe he's just getting old. I can't remember. 
But I said, you know, you should start. A, you got all this knowledge on this area, and you love it. And just start a, a YouTube channel. Start a, whatever it is. Just you know, take that knowledge you've built over 35 years of nuclear engineering or whatever. I knew it was nuclear or something. Uh, there's a there's an audience for it, man. And and the funny thing is, if you go out there on YouTube, there's an audience for knitting. There's an audience for vegan dog food. There's audiences for everything under the sun. And people can use that if they have a passion and they have a sense of sincerity and uh, authenticity to, to actually make a revenue stream, like you said, even if it's only 20000 a year. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, all just starts with that business plan. Just get it going and test it. Sometimes people say, well, I'm going to, oh, business plan's too much work. But you know what? Sometimes a business plan, the best thing that comes from it is to tell you that your idea needs to be changed or modified. Yeah. I get Absolutely. so sick of people saying that, well, if, you know, three out of five businesses fail in the first five years and all this crap. Right. No, 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 no. That's three business owners that weren't willing to be flexible, to modify their plan, to change it, to, yeah. do, uh, to be um, uh, uh, flexible in the process. Because w if your business idea isn't working, that's okay. Let's change it. There's nothing wrong with changing what your business yeah. – there's no way your business is going to look the same five years from now. I know, Josh, you. You may have eight streams of income five years from now, right. and that yeah. doesn't mean that one stream of income was a failure. It just means right. that you were agile and grew with the market and made changes in your business plan as the market changed. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle choice, and, and it it can evolve. So don't be so focused, folks. On, on I've got to make money doing this or nothing at all. No, no. Just be open to entrepreneurship, and God's going to put something in your path that works for you. Uh, it's uh, that kind of negativity. The same thing as, well, only one team won the Super Bowl last year, so the other 31 teams shouldn't even bother playing. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like three out of five fail. Okay. <laughs> so so yeah. what? I mean, my goodness, I just don't understand that. That kind of, I, I mean, I get it because we have – and this is what ticks me off more than anything, Mark, is we have trained people to think they need $5 million or $10 million to retire. It's simply it's simply not true. There's just – it's it's, it's – the financial industry is so trying to scare people to work in their crappy old job, saving every penny they have as opposed to doing something that they love in order to get rich off. And, I don't, I, and I've come 20 years plus in this business. I know for a fact financial industry wants people to save more because that's how they get paid. And so all these people go around, you know, just like with storm clouds over the head thinking, oh, five more years before I can enjoy my life. I said, man, those five years aren't promised to you, man. And I just, I think about the parable of the talents. Like God gave you living in America. Don't, uh, don't squander that because of negative stuff of the news. And just, uh, it really bothers me actually. So you know, having people like you out there and myself and others just saying, you can make this happen. And uh, anyway, so that's, uh, that's awesome. Right. I'll put uh, links to all this stuff in the show notes. And again, Shame of sales plug. If people buy it through my link, Mark, I'll get paid a commission of a big four percent. So if every time they buy a book from you, that's four dollars. I'm not. I'm a capitalist, man. I'm not too afraid to admit that. Tell me a little bit, just your overall thoughts. Just let's see. Time check. Okay, good. We got a few more minutes. Uh, two things I want to make sure we talk about here. Um, overall thoughts. See, I love the Trump tax bill. I love it. Any way we can simplify the tax code is good. Any way we can increase standard deductions is good. Uh, I find a lot of people are still under this thought process that taking deductions is the most important thing in the world, i.e. having a large interest for mortgage and things like that. And I just say, you're not going to take a deduction. The vast majority of us aren't anymore because of higher standard deductions. And I'm kind of leading you. I don't want to do that. But just thoughts on what the, the new tax law is relative to the average person out there is because I'm hearing a lot of people, my stand, my refund isn't as large as last year. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And you can disagree with me. I'm fine with that. But just what's your overall thoughts on the new tax law that we're dealing with at least for the next seven years? You bet. You bet. Well, in general, as I do agree, it's, it's a good thing. It is reducing taxes in general. But there's winners yeah. and losers. And so this standard deduction thing and the gutting of the itemized deduction, that only helps a certain spectrum of people out there. If you make less than hundred grand a year, you have a modest home, maybe one or two yeah. kids, maybe single or married, doesn't matter. But if you're only yeah. making and I don't want to say only, I don't want to insult anyone. Right. No, but if you're making good. between fifty to hundred grand, you're gonna save taxes. And if you say, Well, my refund's not as big Right. Well, I suspect right. that your paycheck was a little bigger during 2018 when they adjusted the withholding tables. So 
don't think of your refund as being the barometer of saving taxes. I would presume, again, your paycheck went up incrementally last year when all those tax tables were adjusted too. But here's the thing. It is simpler for those folks that just want to plug in a W-2, take a bigger yep. standard deduction. That's fine. But that's only maybe 20% of America. Everybody else that used to itemize and still will, they're not going to save as much in taxes. They're going to get hurt. And they want to know, what can I do? And so the yeah. other good part of the tax bill, there's really three main sections, the individual yeah. section, the corporate, big corporation section, where there was a lot of changes to big C corporations, and then Main Street, the small business owner. Now, taxes yeah. did not get simpler for the small business owner. They got more complex, but there's a lot of new tax deductions that are amazing. The auto deduction is better than it's ever been in 40 years. And the new pass-through deduction gives you a 20% write-off on the profit in your business. But yeah, Talk about that, would you, Mark? Because that is a big yeah. flipping deal. And I would like for you to, uh, to elaborate that on, if you don't mind. What's that, the 199A? Yes, is that what it's called? Okay, yeah. Yes, sir, 199A. Now, here's the thing. It has nothing to do with the standard deduction, people. Still plug in your W-2 and get the child tax credit, whatever. And if, if you get right. a bigger refund, count yourself lucky. That's good. Right. But... Again, if you want to save taxes, you've got to have that small business on the side. Yeah. And the government is helping subsidize that. If you make $1,000, you get a $200 write-off at the end of the day. That's a 20% deduction on the profit in your business. They want, you, they want you to go out and stimulate the economy. And they're going to put money in your pocket to do it. And so if you make $100,000 in your small business, you literally get a $20,000 deduction. That's crazy. And so uh, for you small business owners out there, you've got to engage with your accountant, your tax advisor, and yeah. go, all right, what am I going to do with auto deductions and buying equipment this year? Should I have an S corporation? What should my payroll level be? And what's the 20% deduction going to be? You're not going to do your tax return on TaxSlayer or TurboTax this year if you're a small <laughs> business owner. It right. is more complex. But the opportunity right. for tax savings is huge. So that's the 20% deduction, which is a cornerstone of that new tax legislation, too. No, I, I've, uh, my wife works for a firm, and, and uh, it's funny because this is the first year of it, and everyone's like, well, you know, it's like, uh, let's just put it this way. It's, uh, it's so new that a lot of uh, CPAs, their mind just regular enrolled agents, are still kind of, what do we do here and there and there? But I tell you, man, that, mm -hmm. I, that is worth its weight in gold. Are you advising clients about that that they were ignorant of it before you guys saying hey guys this is what's going on now so uh, there's a lot more opportunity here even if it costs more to actually file your taxes because there's more paperwork more time and whatnot but <laughs> the the benefit is, is gigantic because of being a small business owner you know absolutely and and people i i are frustrated sometimes when they're like looking for the best deal in tax preparation. Right, exactly. I, and yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to be self-serving here, but folks, right. if you've got a good tax advisor, the more you pay them, the more they save you. If I yeah, have a client right. do a consultation with me and we prep their return for 500 or 1,000 bucks, my goal is to save you 10,000, where you go, right. oh my gosh. <laughs> I did, and I'm not kidding, right. I do. That I, I want to show right. my clients, look what your tax refund or tax bill was last year. Look what it yep. was this year with a little bit of planning. And then when I give them the bill for 800 or or 1000 or who right. knows how much it costs, right. exactly. sometimes lower, sometimes more, they go, oh, my gosh, you're expensive. Oh, really? Go do your damn taxes <laughs> on TurboTax then. You know, because it, it doesn't, you know, for crying out loud, well, you know, yeah. you've got yeah. to upgrade your professionals sometimes, folks. And and I know yeah. that your your listeners aren't that tight, but... Um, don't be afraid to spend some money planning. Um, and I, I'm going around the country teaching classes to other right. CPAs and enrolled agents on the complexity of how to do this. And um, it's amazing. It really is. But it takes a little bit of extra effort. It pays off. But it's worth it to hire somebody who put the time in and to pay him or her for their, for their expertise there because the benefits yeah. are so amazing on this. And I just, man, I uh, – Josh, I got to interject this before we move on. Let me just say this real quick. If some of your listeners know that's great, Mark, but you can't take everybody in America, that's right. So let me say this. When you go out to interview your accountant, to talk to your accountant you may have been using for years, I challenge you to bring up three or four topics. Say, hey, have you heard about the health savings account? What do you think? If they look like yeah. a deer in headlights, you've got the wrong accountant. 
<laughs> Number two, ask them, I'm starting a small business on the side. What do you think of the new auto deduction and the dining deduction? What do you think of that? Again, if they have to go to their desk and look at a book to tell you the answer, you've got the wrong yeah. CPA. And yeah, ask right. them finally, should I do a Roth, an IRA, or a 401k? And tell me about the S corporation and the 199A. Again, if they right. stutter and look like a deer in headlights, you've got the wrong accountant. Do they have a yeah. newsletter? Do they have their own podcast? Are they reaching out to you, Josh, asking you to have a tax planning session? If your accountant is not being proactive, you've got the wrong accountant. Folks, you're the captain of your ship. Find out who your first mate is. Make sure they know how to tie all the knots and they know what they're doing. If they don't, throw them over the side and get yeah, a new one. Could not agree more. I say the same thing on a financial advisory. I said, man, you're paying. The, I, we had a guy. It was just on my YouTube channel. I said he's paying like twenty-seven thousand a year in, in, in investment fees alone. I was like, this is nuts, man. And uh, we're just doing some basic tax loss harvesting. I mean, the most basic stuff, Mark. Uh, just tax loss harvesting. And he said, I just I couldn't believe. It. I said, why the hell are you paying? I don't get it. I mean, because a good tax guy would probably cost you four thousand bucks. And and yeah, it was frustrating me. But it's a uh, a lot of people just don't want to take action. I get that. But, man, this is your money, folks. It's not theirs. It's yours. And same thing with the tax guy. All right, last question I have to ask you, and then uh, I, I'll let you get on your day here. But um, would you mind if you take a minute or two or whatever, community property out west versus common law property at, out east in terms of step-up basis and stuff, Mark? So I, I talk a lot about my YouTube channel about the benefit of step-up basis, how I, you know, I'd much, much rather inherit uh, for my dad, a uh, a mutual fund, uh, or even better, a stock that has a you know million dollar capital gain, uh, than a, than an IRA that's got a million bucks in it. So, but now that's obviously step up basis outside of an IRA and whatnot. But just would you mind just talking about that community property versus common law? Because I don't think a lot of people get it, and I think there might be missing a lot of opportunity here, uh, in terms of not getting pro proper legal guidance and uh, tax guidance as well. Does that make sense? What I'm asking you? <laughs> Yes, it does. And here's here's what it boils down to in, in a nutshell, and I know we're coming up on our time here, is yeah. folks, if you own assets and you've you've worked really hard to build up some net worth inside your personal residence, your rental property, your stocks, maybe some raw land, a cabin, a, a beach house, a farm, there's there's equity there. And when you pass, you want to make sure that your family gets stepped up basis as much as possible. And if you're in a community property versus a common law state, it's gonna vary. But the easiest way to solve all this, here's guys, the silver bullet. Get an estate plan. Get a revocable living trust with an attorney that's gonna design it where all your assets are held by the trust so your beneficiaries get a stepped up basis no matter what state you're in. Don't even worry about mm. the minutia, people. And if you try to start putting your kids on title or your spouse's word yes. tenants, rights right. of survivorship here, you're going to jack it up. And you're going to yeah. have probate, and you're going to have lawyers and the government in your face. The easiest solution here, so that you don't have to feel like you have to be a rocket scientist, is just meet with an, an attorney that does regular revocable living trusts for no more than 1500 bucks, And yeah. a good estate plan solves all this. And it'll last the rest of your life. We charge 800 bucks for a single person, 1200 for a married couple in any state doing their estate plan. So if you're in a community property state or common law state, it doesn't matter. The, okay. the, the trust is going to own it and nail it down because the trust figures it out. You know, that's what yeah. the trust purpose is. And so I just think it's a lot easier for people to just pull the trigger, get your estate plan done, and put it in the drawer. Make sure your assets are in the name of the trust. You're yeah, off the exactly. Rails. When you all write up trust, do you walk them through to making sure they're retitling their assets into the trust, Mark? Yes, we call it funding the trust. There's really three yeah. steps in a trust prep process. Number one, any good attorney is going to gather information. What do you want done with your kids and your children right. or your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad? Your, you may be single, married. You might be in a a, a, a partnership rather than a, a, a same-sex relationship or something. But you've got unique planning. Everybody has. So step one is defining what your goals are. Number two is getting it drafted and signed. Two witnesses, you're going to have powers of attorney for health care, finances, a will, a trust. And then third piece, don't stop at number two. Third piece is just transferring your assets into your exactly. trust. We call it yep. funding the trust. 
And we have a paralegal that walks you through it, your life insurance, your finances, your real estate, and your LLCs, your corporations, everything's in the name of your trust. Then you're done. You don't have to update your trust every time you buy something. Just use the trust name. So if I call you, Josh, and go, hey, Josh, you need an LLC in Oklahoma. You're buying a rental? Perfect. What's the name of your trust? Oh, okay, boom. Josh Family Trust. Okay, yeah. and then your trust owns the LLC. I don't have to change your trust. I just use it like a driver's license. So constant funding is simple. There's no annual fee. There's no tax return. It's just a way to prevent probate, prevent waste by your family, and get stepped-up basis on everything you own. Boom. And help with the incapacity, too. I mean, I hate to say it, but if you're oh, incapacitated. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Totally, totally. That's, uh, that gets overlooked a lot. Um, Mark, where can folks find you, man? You bet. MarkJKohler.com is a great starting point. You can get to my law firm or accounting firm from there. You can sign up for my free newsletter. Check out oh, my podcast, sweet. YouTube channel. So it's J as in Jolly, Kohler, K-O-H-L-E-R.com. Newsletters there every week, free. Good deadlines, and, uh, little videos, little articles. So Your firm is still uh, taking clients on the tax and uh, the legal side because you got those two firms, one as an attorney and one as a CPA. So you're still taking clients on for both sides of the uh, advisory services? Yes, sir. And on the accounting side, folks, if you make a change, we're going to file an extension. And 60 to 70% of our clients file extensions. And you know you actually yeah. reduce your chance of an audit. You, you reduce your chance of an audit by extending. It's okay, people. Don't feel like April 15th's doomsday. Send off an extension, send in a deposit if you think you're going to owe, and then we can massage it and rub our hands together and save you taxes in the summer so you get a refund check when your tax return's done right. Interesting. Don't settle for that's someone. Not, yeah. It's no that's, I did not know that. That's interesting. Okay, cool. I didn't know that uh, if you extend it, you have less of an audit <laughs> probability. That's, uh, that's uh, Man, that's interesting. For real. And it doesn't yeah. cost anything to do an extension. I mean, right? I mean, no. the IRS, no. Yeah, just got like I said, if you've got to pay a little bit of a dep- you got to pay the whole, uh, let's say you think you owe 5000 bucks. You're not quite sure. Do you got to pay the whole 5000 bucks when you f- filed the extension or a part of that? Oh, good question. But some people are like, Mark, the last thing I want to do is pay the IRS interest. Okay. Right. Make a deposit and cushion it. If you think you owe five, send in 5500 Then we're going to work okay. on your tax return and hopefully get you a refund of two or 3000 But you're not going to pay the IRS interest. But think about it, Josh. What do you do? What do you do when you give that money? You're giving the IRS an interest-free loan. Yeah. They're going to exactly. hold your money until you get a refund. They don't send you interest. They don't. Right. right. Now, Right. So I have many clients, many times me, I'll guesstimate a little bit. I'll send in a deposit right. in April. But if I end up owing in July or August or September, it's okay. The annual interest right. rate is between 7 to 8% to the IRS. Right. I'm just borrowing money from the IRS until I pay exactly. my bill. <laughs> it's no big deal. Not, just for a couple out. months, yeah. too, by the way. It's just not a huge yeah. – <laughs> just people get so – that's 3%. All right, well, it's, I mean uh, – yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, Mark. Man, this has been this has been fun. And uh, folks, I'll put links in the show notes and all that. And of course, if you want to, uh, I highly encourage you to sign up to Mark's newsletter. It's free. You'll learn something. At worst case scenario, but uh, Mark, let's let's uh, try to do this again. Maybe six months or something like that. That works okay. I'd be honored. Thank you so much, John. Right before filing, um, at the end of the year, uh, so many little year-end tax strategies. I, yes, exactly. The Josh, look- what's funny? Yeah, the year end is busier for us than now. Because really? real accountants, oh, yeah, think about it. A good accountant is planning in the fall to save you money. There's nothing I can do now. There's nothing for 2018. Let's file your darn return, dig up as many write-offs as we can. But we are swamped in November and December because all our clients That's are coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. Should I put my kids on payroll? Should I pay yeah. my spouse? Should I yeah. not? What's my Social Security going to be? Should I do an HSA? Should I do an HRA? Should I fund my 401K? Should I go out and buy an auto before the end of the year? What am I going to do? All those questions for 2018, too late. Toward too late. So you've got to be following my crap now. So in October, November, and December, we're saving money in 2019. That's when real accountants are busy. Everybody else is just a tax preparer in the spring. That's uh, man, it's interesting you said that. It's a good point because uh, November and December, a non-proactive accountant is just you know sitting on their smoking cigars, watching the water. You know exactly. But a real, what's well, exactly. a real a proactive financial planner is actually saying, hey, it's November. We gotta see if we have a capital loss. Oh. We gotta see if like put a Roth that whole thing. That's uh, it's funny Absolutely. how much your side of the business and my side just fall neck neck in terms of. 
you can tell a good financial advisor if they're busy in December. Because if they're not busy in yep. December, they're not yep. a good financial advisor. I'm just telling you right now. Right. And most financial advisors are not busy in December. And I imagine the same thing on your end, too. That's interesting, man. All right, Mark. Hey, man, it's been a pleasure. Enjoy that weather out there in, the, in uh, Idaho. And uh, I, I look forward to chatting with you again towards the end of the year, man. That would be fantastic to have a follow-up on this for sure. All right. Well, thank you, Josh. Thanks for having me. Hey, Great job. Hang on just a second, Mark. I'm going to hit the uh, – 